Welcome to HCMA Off the Record, your behind-the-scenes look and listen into the world of emergency management. This podcast is brought to you by Muriel Bowser, Mayor of Washington, D.C., and the District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency. From preparedness tips to intra-agency coordination to advice from the men and women responsible for protecting the district, HCMA Off the Record shares it all. Whether you're an EM nerd like us or learning about emergency management for the first time, come along for the ride. Well, hello and welcome to the next uh, edition of HCMA Off the Record. Uh, I am joined here by a very distinguished group of emergency management professionals uh, from uh, the National Capital Region and Virginia and Maryland. I'm joined by uh, Dr. Jeff Stern, State Coordinator of Virginia Department of Emergency Management. Uh, Mr. Russell Strickland, uh, Executive Director of the Maryland Emergency Management Agency, and Dr. Earl Stoddard, Director of Montgomery County, Maryland's Office of Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Thank you, gentlemen, for being with us. Thanks for having us. Well, I wanted to start off uh, the discussion uh, in talking about, um, for for many of you, you have been in this uh, this field for decades um, and years in some cases. Um, I'd like to start with uh, Executive Director Strickland. Um, how have you seen the field of emergency management change, say, in the past five to ten years? Oh, I think it's growing by leaps and bounds. The uh, areas that we've uh, dealt with have changed drastically. The events have changed drastically. Our preparedness efforts have had to change drastically to keep up with uh, all the problems and challenges that we're being offered every day. And I think those challenges um, also, uh, I think in the field of emergency management, it's also about making hard decisions in emergencies and crises. Um, You've had a lot of open disasters here in the Commonwealth of Virginia and continue to deal with them on a a daily basis. Can you talk about how um, some of the some of the challenges and decision making that, that you've that you've had to encounter and any lessons learned for emergency management professionals that are just getting into the industry for what to expect? That's a really great question. Here in Virginia, uh, during my, my tenure over the last five or six years, we've at the state level declared emergencies uh, over, I, I think we're on our 45th, 46th, 47th uh, emergency declaration most recently last week with severe flooding in southwestern Virginia three weeks ago. Um, with the uh, support to prepare for the lobby day activities around Second Amendment uh, rights in the state capitol. And then uh, we've had everything from hurricanes to tornadoes, flooding, uh, terrorist attacks like occurred in Charlottesville in 2017. Uh, And then smaller events that don't rise to the level of a state emergency, state of emergency in Virginia, but still where our agency and state uh, resources are providing support to local governments. For example, the, the shooting of Congressman Scalise in Alexandria um, several years ago. Um, in almost every case at our level, I think what citizens and what the local emergency managers and state emergency managers and our, our federal emergency managers uh, hopefully understand is there's very rarely a uh, singular person that is making a decision for a large-scale disaster over everything. Uh, It's really a matter, I think the role of emergency management, the reason my title is state coordinator, is that our job is to make sure that all the different agencies, all the different response entities at the local or state level or even the the federal level in supporting are supporting specific functions, whether it be 
departments of transportation handling debris uh, or roadway conditions, fire departments or fire services uh, being able to manu uh, manage fire rescue uh, aspects of an emergency, uh, law enforcement handling security and uh, uh, public safety aspects. The, emer the emergency management decisions are trying to make sure everybody has the same picture of what's going on, uh, that everybody understands what the priorities are, and certainly that uh, in our case, in the National Capital Region, all the elected officials who are ultimately uh, accountable to the citizens have the best information uh, should they have to make any uh, critical decisions that we recommend to them, for example, in Virginia using uh, uh, our coastal evacuation zones during hurricanes or a shelter in place that might be needed during other kinds of events. And Earl Stoddard in Montgomery County is the head of emergency management for one of the largest counties in the national capital region. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the some of the challenges that you face? I know there was some historic flooding over the summer, um, and of course, um, you know, on a daily basis, dealing with emergencies. Sure, I think uh, one of our uh, big challenges is making sure that we keep all of our partners uh, prepared to respond. And I think Jeff has alluded to. Um, you know how we, we play a coordination function at the local level, but also we, we play an education perspective as well in, at the local level to make sure that all of our uh, agencies and partners are ready to respond. And so keeping in a state of readiness, even when you're not facing a ton of events, can often be as challenging as when you face events. And so there, you know, when, when you go through lulls in, in activity or, or where you haven't had that big one happen in a while, making sure you keep everyone operating at a high level during that period of time can be really challenging. I think uh, Russ has alluded to the, the, the scope of the challenges that we've had to face in emergency management has evolved considerably over, over the last several years. Cybersecurity has become a much bigger issue in recent years. And um, you see it even with emergency management where some of the systems that we rely on, on to respond are IT-based and we have to make sure that those are resilient and that we still have people who are capable of practicing if those IT systems are unavailable to us during events. And so. Um, while technology has been great, it also has posed the challenge of making sure that we're ready both to operate with it and without it. Mm -hmm. And one of those changes um, appears to be at the federal level an increased attention to mitigation. I know, Russ, you talk a lot about that. Can you, tell, um, can you talk to our listeners about what mitigation means to you? It, it's really identifying areas, preferably a community-based uh, type project that will um, change the landscape per se so that you don't have the damage uh, if and when you have an event. Uh, you know, we've shown in recent times that we can save probably $6 to $7 for every dollar we invest in mitigation when it comes time for recovery. So the, the future is really to look at that and the federal government through the Disaster Reform Recovery Act uh, is offering to us uh, a larger pot of money, uh, funding that can be used for good community-based mitigation projects. Yeah, I also want to add to that, you know, um, our, our climate is shifting, and um, we have to think about what our future looks like in emergency management as much as what we have to think about what our past has been. And so we've had experiences, certainly our neighbors north in Howard County have faced historic flooding twice in a relatively short period of time, and we're in Montgomery County looking to say, what lessons can we learn from that event in Howard County? What lessons can we learn from our, from, from the neighbors around, not just the National Capital Region, but the Eastern East Coast, to say, you know, what does our future look like if our climate does continue to change in the way that it has over the last several decades? And, uh, you know, in what ways is our historic 
you know, past not necessarily a predictor of what we are likely to see in the future. And so we've got to be, it's not just thinking about things in terms of a static environment. We have to think about things as a dynamic environment. What does that mean for our programs and mitigation efforts to mitigate things that we maybe haven't seen yet? And we, we need to expand that whole mitigation concept of probably more resilience in the future with a whole community approach. And it's not just climate. But it's everything. Cyber sure. falls into that. You know, the school events fall into that. The epidemics fall into that. So it's 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 vastly and quickly evolving uh, to areas that we've never necessarily touched before. Yeah, I, th I uh, agree with uh, Earl and Russ. One of the biggest challenges, Chris, that we're facing, I think, is that the risk environment has been ever increasing over the last two decades since 9/11, and certainly since Hurricane Katrina. Uh, we especially are cognizant of that in the national capital region. We see the way uh, uh, the terrorist threats are evolving, the uh, active shooter situations that people are concerned about, certainly the biological threats, whether it be a, a naturally occurring pathogen like seems to be going on with the coronavirus or something uh, that potentially could be uh, more sinister that we get uh, worried about from a, a bioweapon standpoint all the way through to uh, uh, the cybersecurity uh, concerns that you're expert in and, and have really driven us to try and make improvements. And the problem is those 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 threats, those hazards are increasing in volume. Uh, they're increasing in their um, uh, number and severity, and we don't have an increased uh, commensurate amount of resources or funding to go with that. So we're constantly trying to figure out, uh, and we do this at the national capital region level through a lot of the um, uh, intergovernmental structures we have trying to figure out how can we as a region put forward um, and continue to adapt what we currently have as far as resources to apply to these problems from a prevention standpoint, uh, from a preparedness standpoint, from a mitigation standpoint, and then in a response or recovery standpoint. Um, uh, and it's very, very uh, uh, challenging. I don't think there's any emergency management agency in the country or any Homeland Security uh, professional that feels that uh, uh, there's the adequate level of resources commensurate with the, the risk. What we are all fundamentally, I guess, risk managers having to um, try to find those balances and make recommendations to the political leadership and to the, the funding authorities. And this is a very challenging environment, um, as, you, as all three of you have laid out, where you have an evolving threat landscape, but that combined with shrinking or static resources uh, can be a real challenge. Um, I guess my final question, uh, it's a good segue into the final question, which is, and we'll start with you, Jeff, um, what are some of the traits and characteristics that, uh, for, for folks who are listening, um, would make someone successful in, in this field, in your field of emergency yeah. management? Um, what would you recommend to, to emerging leaders in emergency management? That's a, that's a really great uh, question. Uh, fundamentally, I think people want to have a uh, well-rounded broad education, uh, either in some kind of uh, uh, physical science, geology, meteorology, uh, biology, or some generic, uh, it could be public administration, government, to understand both the, the science and then the policy and political administrative world of how uh, uh, we operate in. And then I think people really need to look at their sort of personal characteristics for the types of their personality and the type of uh, job they like. Our careers tend to be very uh, uh, flexible and adaptable, uh, uh, Semper Gumby, always flexible. <laughs> Somebody once said, uh, any given day, uh, priorities can change, incidents can happen. Um, 
So you need to have a personality that is adaptable to those changes. You need uh, a thirdly, I would say, in addition to education and that flexible personality, be somebody that uh, enjoys working in collaboration and, and in groups and, and has a, a bent towards uh, uh, that kind of effort because you're always working with very diverse different groups on different uh, challenging problems. And then uh, uh, I'd say lastly, I'd probably leave it with uh, um, a, a, a lifelong uh, un, uh, willingness to keep keep learning because as we said, the, the, the risks are always changing and adapting and uh, what you learn right out of uh, undergrad or grad school uh, are a very different problem than uh, we're, we're facing very different problems at our stages of our careers than we did 20 years ago. Thank you. Russ? Yeah, I think uh, transitional leadership is yeah. what I think you're really you're hitting on, and that's the individual's got to be able to adapt to whatever the situation is, um, not only the event, but the people who are involved and what the landscape and the environment may be at that point in time. The other recommendation I'd have for folks who are really interested in getting into the field, I mean, we've We've got all kinds of uh, programs and courses of study that you can go through, everything from a high school program up to a PhD. But emergency management today has got to be entrepreneurial. There is little money, the assets are drying up, and if you don't figure out how you can manage within the environment, you're, you're just not gonna be successful. And the other thing I would tag on to that is that people need to take a good economics 101 class. You need to understand money, the color of money, what it can be used for, how it can be used, and then you know work that into your entrepreneurial uh, attitude, and, and you'll be successful in this business because that's uh, that's where we're headed. Earl? I'd associate myself there with the subject for uh, certainly the collegial part, of, I think is really important work. We are nothing without our partnerships. But I'll, I'll add only that uh, you also need to be pretty self-introspective. You have to be willing to take criticism. Whenever you make a decision in this field, there will be someone who will have more information six weeks later or six months later who will tell you how you should have done that, that thing you decided on better. And you have to be willing to be your own worst critic in that sense where you're being, looking at decisions you made. Sometimes you're going to say, I made the same decision with the information I had at the time. But you're also going to have to be self-introspective about how you could have better information in the situation you were in so that the next time you're in the same or a similar situation, you've got better or more complete information to make whatever decision or recommendation that you're making. And so you, you've got to be willing to take a little flack, but also give yourself a little bit of analysis to say, this is what I did in the past, this is how I'm going to be better in the future. Yeah, there was an interesting little cartoon here recently in the Emergency Management Nexus online. And uh, the first cartoon shows, uh, I would assume, the senior elected official and the emergency manager. The senior elected official was basically chewing out the emergency manager because, you know, you just failed at this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you're fired. And then the next one is the exact same scenario again, is you were over-repaired and nothing happened, you're fired. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're caught. <laughs> That's a great way to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much, Jeff Stern, Virginia Department of, of Emergency Management, Russ Strickland, Maryland Emergency Management Agency, and Earl Stoddard, Montgomery County Office of Emergency Management and Homeland Security. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Muriel Bowser, Mayor of Washington, D.C., and the District of Columbia Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency.